Today on Locked on Anaheim Ducks, more on the John Chica drama in Arizona, the Ducks make a brilliant extension signing, and we're releasing the Kraken on today's Locked on Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. All right, it is the middle of the week. Hockey is officially back, although I didn't watch any of it. If you guys saw my personal Twitter, you probably saw that I kind of took a day off just to prepare mentally to have an off day. Uh, Welcome, everyone, to Locked on Anaheim Ducks. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez. Don't forget to rate, comment, and subscribe if you haven't already. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks or at StimpyJD. So we're recording this on Tuesday night, and this is me getting back home after an exhausting hike just... To peel back the curtain a little bit, yeah, I kind of wanted to have an off day because I know Wednesday I'm going to be watching hockey all day long, Lionel Richie style, all night long. And then Thursday I'll be watching hockey again. And then Friday I've got some busy stuff going on Friday to prepare for the start of the Stanley Cup qualifiers, which is taking place Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, pretty much all week long. There'll be five to six games a week, so it's going to be very exhausting to watch. And what's also exhausting to watch is trying to figure out everything going on with the Arizona Coyotes. As you guys may have heard previously this week, John Shika has, I guess, according to the Coyotes, quit on the team. But there's a little bit more to this drama. Some more details emerged, and some of this came out on NHL Network, among other sources. So apparently we're finding out that there may have been some dirty dealings in the place. Kind of like a Godfather style, you know, he's going to get an offer that he can't refuse kind of thing. And one of those offers may have been the Buffalo Sabres. So now we're starting to hear more rumors as far as where John Shaika is going. He could be with the Buffalo Sabres. So here's how this all takes place. So a lot of people are speculating and even some sources are saying that Chaika could end up with the Sabres since they're currently hiring candidates for their management, for their scouting teams. And Chaika did grow up near Buffalo. In fact, he grew up about 40 miles away from Buffalo. He grew up in Jordan Station. So that might have a little bit to play into it. He was previously a candidate for the Sabres GM job. But that went to Jason Botterill. Currently, the Sabres have a GM. They just hired Kevin Adams. And this is very recent. So I don't know if John Chaika is exactly going to become a GM if he does indeed move to Buffalo. And it wouldn't surprise anyone. I mean, it is his hometown. It wouldn't be a bad idea for him to return home. And there's plenty of positions available. Not GM, but... There's other great positions. Uh, One that a lot of people are are talking about. He could be the president of hockey operations. He was the president of hockey ops in Arizona. The Sabres don't have anyone there. It is currently vacant. And Chaika would be a good candidate for that president of hockey ops. And he could be extremely helpful right alongside Kevin Adams. So that is something that could take place in Buffalo as far as Arizona is concerned. They're saying that he kind of went behind, I don't want to say behind their back, 
but he did talk to other teams and that whole thing started a downward slope and this all started maybe two to three weeks ago that's when everything turned sour was he said no 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 i'm i'm still with the coyotes everything's cool we're we're square i'm still part of the coyotes well we don't know if that's exactly true he john chica may or may not have been interviewing with other teams while still a member of the coyotes and he probably told the Coyotes, look, I'm committed to you guys. This means nothing. Well, we don't know that. I mean, this is not even an off season. This is kind of this weird in-between where one team is still going into the bubble without their former GM. And right now, the Coyotes' front office, at least that part of it, is a mess. And if those rumors are true that John Shika was interviewing for other teams behind their back... That's going to reflect poorly on John Shika himself and not the team. And don't forget, the Coyotes do have new management. They have a new president. They have a whole Latino front office. I'm sure they're a little bit hurt by what may or may not have taken place. So that is some of the ongoing drama taking place in Arizona. Before we head into the first intermission, I want to talk to you guys about rockauto.com. They are a family-owned business for over two decades, dealing with the best and greatest car parts. All the parts your car will ever need, whether it is an old Pinto, yeah, they have parts for that. Maybe you're looking for a Chevy Nova, they have that too. Maybe you're looking for old Mercedes parts, they have those too. RockAuto.com has a very extensive library of car parts for just about any car you could find. So once again, go to RockAuto.com and in the box where it says, how did you hear about us? Tell them Locked On sent you or just type in Locked On. And if you want to be specific, just say Locked On Ducks sent you. Once again, that is RockAuto.com. All the parts your car will ever need. After the first intermission, We're going to talk some actual Ducks news. After all, this is a Ducks podcast. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And more specifically, welcome back to sunny Southern California. Hmm, Why do I say that? Welcome back to sunny Milano's home area. Yeah, sunny Milano just got a signed extension. And this is a very, very good deal for the Anaheim Ducks. Sunny Milano signed a two-year extension on Tuesday. I'll admit, I saw this news late because I was pretty much out of service all of Tuesday. But he signed a two-year extension worth $3.4 million dollars. That's a 1.7 AAV extension. This is kind of on the cheap, considering the kind of caliber player that Sonny Milano is, considering the kind of start he had with the Anaheim Ducks. If you remember, the day he got traded to the Ducks, he suited up for that game. And what did he do that first period? He scored a goal right away. What did he do later that night? He scored the game-winning overtime goal. Still one of the more fun games to see at the Pond last season. Uh, The crowd absolutely went nuts for him. 
And that was a perfect setup. You know, the pass behind the net, him receiving the puck. Yeah, it all worked out perfectly. That's the kind of player that the Ducks are getting kind of for the foreseeable future, at least for the next two years. That would make him a restricted free agent. He is arbitration eligible. He's only 24 years old right now. He would be 25-26 at the end of that contract. At 1.7 per year, that's kind of a steal. I mean, look at some of the stats that Sonny Milano... Well, first off, Sonny Milano is already a champion. I've talked about him in this very podcast in the past. He was part of that Lake Erie Monsters team back in 2016 that won the Calder Cup with the Lake Erie Monsters, scoring eight points in that memorable playoff run. His time with the Blue Jackets has been pretty decent. Uh, He scored 22 points two years ago. Last year, he had 20... Oh, sorry. No, sorry. Last year, he only had, what, one point? with Columbus this season he only had 18 points Uh, in nine games he scored five points two goals three assists short sample size I know it's not much to go on but in those nine games he looked pretty damn good with the Anaheim Ducks Uh, has incredible hands very crafty player and the Ducks are lucky to have him there and more so it's a very cap friendly contract because There's a lot of big contracts going into next season. Uh, Ryan Getzloff is entering the final year of his contract next season. And then he'll be an unrestricted free agent. So we don't know where he's going to want. I mean, he could wind up in Seattle for all we know. We'll talk about that in a second. Adam Henrique is signed long term. Jakob Silverberg is signed long term. They've both got $5 million contracts. Then Cam Fowler. He's very long term. He's at about six. And then you got Hampus Lindholm, Josh Manson. After that, there's not a whole lot of big contracts that the Ducks have outside of John Gibson. They have Ryan Kessler. We still don't know if he's ever going to play again. You got to think that with that hip replacement surgery and that gruesome photo he put on Twitter a couple months ago, we don't know if Ryan Kessler is going to play again. And you, you kind of feel for the guy. He's really trying to improve his quality of life and he does want to come back i just don't know if that's going to happen at least patrick eve's contract goes off the books next season the ducks got to pay Corey perry six and a half million dollars part of that um deal that happened with Corey perry so there's still a lot of money on the books next season so these are very good contracts for the ducks that they've just made we look at the Sonny Milano extension. Look at Nick Delorier. He got two years, $2 million, $1 million per year. That was a very good signing. Look at the Troy Terry signing, $1.4 million for the next three seasons. The Ducks have made some savvy moves overall, not going after any big contracts at the moment, just trying to fill out those third and fourth line players. You need those guys on your roster, and I think they're very, very good deals again Sonny Milano two-year extension 3.4 million 1.7 million AAV congratulations to Sonny Milano that's a well-deserved contract 
And finally, this was announced on last week after the Jeopardy episode went up. And once again, if you guys haven't listened, check out the Hockey Jeopardy slash MLB Jeopardy episode last week. So we have a new team name in the National Hockey League. The 32nd team in the NHL is going to be known as the Seattle Kraken, which is what most fans wanted anyway. That was the popular choice. There were some other names that were thrown around. But first, I would just like to say welcome to the Seattle Kraken, or as they said, release the Kraken. Yeah, It's a really cool team name. I like it a lot. Um, they, of course, have shirts right now that say release the Kraken, which is amazing. Everyone should be able to get that. Uh, here's what the Seattle Kraken website says, and I'm just going to go right into what they said. Quote, some say we know more about the cosmos than we do our own waters. Maybe that's what draws us to the sea, the vast expanse. The impermeable deep, the uncharted, has long inspired generations of folklore. In Seattle, we welcome voyagers. Our port city brings legends from all over the world. We cross boundless oceans and dense wilderness, finding our beasts along the way. These legends are home to this rugged coastal wonderland with a name etched on Lord Stanley. Now, we breathe new life into a legend. An ancient and powerful force reawakens in the heart of the great Pacific Northwest. We will hear the S, or sorry, we will wear the S in honor of our champion predecessors. And we will have a name that incarnates the might of the sea. End quote. And that's directly from the Kraken website. Yes, they have a website. Uh, just simply NHL.com slash Kraken. That's what their placeholder is for now. As far as the team colors, they are sick. The main team colors are ice blue and deep sea blue. The jerseys are a thing of beauty. They didn't go full on white. They also didn't go full on black. For them to have a home jersey that is not just black that is awesome i know some people would have criticized if they just said oh another black home jersey huh what else is new yeah no they're going for something a little bit unique and the sea green or the kind of lighter teal green slightly reminiscent of the seahawks and the mariners who already exist in seattle it's almost like those two teams but not quite they differentiate themselves a little bit with their jersey, with their logo. This is already one of the best jerseys in the league. And you can be sure I do. I am thinking about picking one of those up. So that's as far as the jerseys. As far as the name goes, there was a lot of talk about what the team should have been. And I'll go over the team name last. I'll go over the colors first. So once again, we have Ice Blue, Deep Sea Blue. And here is this quote about the colors from GM Ron Francis. Quote, the names and marks and colors all work together. I think the colors are cool and certainly tie into the Northwest. End quote. I agree wholeheartedly on that one. Um, and here's what the vice president of the Kraken, Heidi Detmer, had to say. Quote, just like the name, the colors are informed by the fans. Along with in-person fan sessions, we did a lot of social listening. Fans wanted blue or green with undeniable passion. Once we decided the name was Kraken, it makes total sense to go with blues inspired by our Puget Sound waters. End quote. And this is from Nick Corbett, director of NHL relations for Adidas. 
Quote, We wanted a color scheme Seattleites recognize as theirs. The city shimmers. It's majestic when you drive or fly into Seattle. It's practically overwhelming. End quote. So I've been to the PNW a lot, and there's a lot of stuff that is those shades of blue. Even the sky when it's a little bit cloudy like that, that's exactly how I'm reminded when I see those colors. As far as the logos go, the primary logo is a stylized S with a tentacle coming out to it. The secondary logo is what makes this pop, and this might be one of the best secondary logos in the entire NHL. It is an anchor logo, but the middle portion of that secondary logo is the Space Needle. That is very slick. I would like to see that secondary logo on the front of a jersey, maybe a third jersey later on down the line. Obviously, they have a year to iron that out, but color is going to be a great way to get fans into it. The logos are going to be a great way for the fans to get into it. And the jerseys already, are they're going to sell out. This sweater is going to be among the most popular sweaters in all of hockey. And I can't wait till those go on sale. As far as the team name. So there were some other names uh, bandied about. One of those was the Seattle Totems. So why not the Totems? Well, this was two years ago where fans were already upset with the potential of the team name possibly being the Seattle Totems. And back then, even two years ago, some fans were saying it was culturally questionable at best. And that's according to USA Today. There's already a junior hockey team called the Seattle Totems, so they would have had to get the okay from them. And you can rest assured they would have had to get the okay from every single tribe in that area, which would have been a big, big ask. So I understand why they wouldn't call it the totems, especially with everything going on culturally in the past couple months. Yeah, having a team called the totems would have been kind of a PR disaster, not only for the league, but for the team, especially during these times. When you have the Washington Redskins no longer be called the Washington Redskins. They're right now the Washington Football Club. Which, by the way, smart decision to finally, finally get rid of the Redskins name. The Cleveland Indians. They are done with Chief Chief Wahoo. He's done. The Cleveland Indians. They are considering changing their team name. As far as hockey, the Chicago Blackhawks. They did something brilliant this morning. Where they let out. They put out a fantastic long statement saying that they were going to work with the local Native American tribes, and they're doing a good job of that. One minor league team in the state that is doing something fantastic with this, the Spokane Indians. They actually involve the Indian tribes there a lot, so much so that they have Salish. That's their uh, native language and their local tongue. They have Salish. On one of their Spokane Indians jerseys. They know how to do it right. It would have been very tough for a new team to be called the Totems. So that's why we didn't have that name. Even though a lot of fans did like it. Probably the right decision not to go with that. As far as the other big name that could have been. The Seattle Sockeye. Yeah, it would have been Sockeye or Sockeyes. Both those were registered. But there was a big, big, um, I guess, collision between romance novels and professional hockey, if you can believe that. 
So there's a romance novelist, and her name is Jamie Davenport, who said that she doesn't want to cause any trouble, but they are a somewhat popular series of romance novels that uh, that has to do with the Seattle Sockeyes. So that alone was a big hurdle in why they couldn't come up with that being the team name. And even though she said there's no trouble, those novels are already out there. And that's where things would have gotten very, very complicated. So that's primarily the main reason why the Sockeyes were not in the running to be the team name. So that's the story of how that took place. And the Kraken was the popular choice. Once Totems and Sockeyes were out, that pretty much made Kraken the easiest choice to be the team name. And there's a fantastic article. Yes, the Smithsonian. They put out an article about the Kraken team name. It's a fantastic read. I definitely recommend checking that out. Uh, Here's what was said um, about this. Quote, There are a lot of obvious connections to Seattle, part because of our maritime history, part of because we have so much water around us, but there is longtime folklore in Seattle and the PNW of this mystical kraken creature that lives just below the surface of the sea, which really captivated people for many years. End quote. So there's this old, old, old tale that there's apparently a kraken that lives at the bottom of the Puget Sound. I've heard this a couple of times. I don't know how much I I believe it. But apparently there's a mythical kraken in the Puget Sound. <laughs> yeah, sure. So there's ancient origins as far as the giant squid. Giant squids can get up to 30 to 40 feet. And it is possible that there may have been giant, giant squids that took down boats. That's possible from back in the day. I mean, the largest specimen ever measured by scientists was 43 feet. Can you imagine a 43-foot giant squid? 43 feet, ladies and gentlemen. That is half the size of a basketball court. That's how humongous that giant squid would have been. So there is a whole story on that. Once again, check it out. It's a cool read. I don't think this actual giant squid isn't close to what some of these Nordic sailors claim to have been and take down an entire ship. That would have made, what, an 80 to 90 foot giant squid. But still, the story of it is very cool, so check that out. And with that, I think we're going to wrap things up for today. We're going to be off tomorrow, which is Thursday. We will have a show once again on Friday, and that will be our preview show for every series, including all the series in the Western Conference that includes the series between the Predators and the Coyotes. So check that out on Friday. I may or may not have a special guest or two giving their predictions on this. So be on the lookout for that. will be on Friday morning. And once again, thank you all for listening. Be sure to rate, comment, subscribe if you have not already. And email me at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. Also, you can follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks or follow me at StimpyJD. There's going to be some baseball talk there. There will be a lot of hockey talk because once Saturday rolls around, it is all day hockey. Yeah, we're going to do it Lionel Richie style all night long. Yeah, cannot wait for that. So once again, thank you all for listening. 
for Locked On Anaheim Ducks. I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. Stay safe, Anaheim, and Ducks fly together. Oh, oh.